Mike, I think I have a problem. Mm -hmm. And before you go off on some tangent as to how I obviously have problems, mm -hmm. I have been eating clean and working out yeah. since the dawn of this year, as you know, yeah. as, as the listeners know. But what that means is that there are things I haven't eaten this year, which is a weird thing to say three months into the year. You know what I mean? It's a phrase I don't think I've ever uttered or have had the ability to utter. Simply because I've never been on this type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that being said, pizza? Haven't had it this year. Haven't had it this decade. Mm -hmm. It's even weirder to say. I haven't had pizza this decade yet, Mike. I mean, yeah, if you say it that way, it sounds weird. It sounds weird. I mean, this year, I feel like that sounds weird, too. Regardless, I think in part because of just this not eating, you know, processed foods or whatever, bad foods for you, I've been skipping some of this stuff. And this week alone, since we've been back from PAX, I have had not one, but two dreams where the crux of the dream is I'm eating pizza. And last night, I had a dream that I was eating pizza, and I guess it was like maybe sort of a nightmare or not. I don't know. Regardless, I had a whole pizza to myself, and I was in some room that I don't even know. It was like a room I'm not aware of, like a pizza room somewhere. Anyways, I was eating this pizza, and Jen walked in, and I was like, is that what it looks like? That's a kid, and then she shot you. <laughs> Oh, what a callback. Did we talk about that on the podcast? I don't think so. Because <laughs> that happened... Oh, I told you that in the car ride to PAX. Yeah. Well, this is our fucking PAX, post-PAX extravaganza, so all, all, all of it's coming out tonight. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think because of this, like, two-night pizza fucking nightmare thing that's going on, I'm going to have a, a cheat meal this weekend, and it's going to be some fucking delicious pizza pie, Mike. Oh, wow. And I can't decide, do I go flying saucer, mm -hmm. or do I go amazing? Mm. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Both will be delicious, mm -hmm. but which one is going to be the one that's like, oh, man, this is a fucking pizza? Well, you're clearly not having an entire pizza yourself. You're going to get, like, a slice. I know, which is unfortunate. Mm. So I guess, I mean, I could pitch this in a way of, like, where are you trying to have pizza this week? I don't know. It's March Madness at Flying Saucer. Oh, so our vote matters. Mm. Do you know what the brackets are looking like? What no. the flavors are? I, so here's the thing, though. I don't want some funky doodad. I, I just I want a slice of roni. I, I like I haven't had pizza in you know two two plus months, right? It, if not longer, since I don't know the last time I actually ate pizza. I don't know if I had pizza in December or or whatever. Um, so your boy needs some fucking pizza, mm -hmm. and I really just want a fucking nice greasy slice of pepperoni pie, Mike. Mm. Give me that. Give me it. I think one slice will do me, too. Like, I think I'll be good. I think I'll have the one slice, and I'll be like, all right, I gotta go fucking run a half, half marathon now. Yeah. But I need that fucking delicious pizza pie. Pizza the Controller. New spinoff podcast where we just, I eat one bite of pizza every week. 
the same pizza, and we see how long it takes for me to eat an entire pizza. That's going to be a sad podcast. It, it's also going to end like in like week two, turn into, wow, this is moldy. Arr. Yeah. That's the last one because it kills you. If you eat mold, does it kill you? I think it depends on the mold. Like food mold? It probably makes you sick. But would it kill you though? Or would it make you have like an insane immune system eventually? Hey, maybe you're onto something here. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you've cracked the code. I don't know. All I know is when I see mold on food, I get freaked out and I have to throw it away. Yeah, I typically toss food that has mold on it. And I feel like I sound like I'm drunk right now, but I, I assure you I haven't had any alcohol. I'm just very tired still. I'm tired from packs. That sounds like something a drunk person would say. Yeah, I wish I was drunk. I just, I feel like I'm talking very slow for some reason or elongating some of my words. I, I, I thought to myself, you know what I might actually do is that because... I know I was gifted Tito's at some point, which should be in my freezer somewhere. And I got that free Red Bull. I'm like, maybe I'll have myself a vodka Red Bull. I don't drink at home, really. Yeah. Like, ever. But I'm like, maybe I'll do that. But it's probably going to be like a Saturday thing. Okay. So tomorrow we cracking some, some virtual beverages and we're playing some games together? Yeah. I mean, I'll do it. I actually was going to, if you had reached for, for, for a libation from the fridge, I was going to also partake. But I didn't want to be like the guy like, Mike, I'm fucking getting hammered right now. Because you already are hammered. <laughs> Touche. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Past Control Podcast, a show where a couple of best friends talk about the latest in video games and nerd culture. Sometimes we have guests. Sometimes we talk about Overwatch too much. Either way, we have a new episode for you each and every week. As always, I'm your host, Burning Room, and joining me on this lovely Friday evening is the anime senpai himself, Mr. Michael Desir. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I got nothing. Nothing? Do we have to take Overwatch out of the intro? Yeah, probably. Because we don't really talk about Overwatch. I haven't turned on my Xbox in a while. We don't even really play Overwatch anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't talk about Overwatch. What What would be the maybe, replacement maybe game? Todd, maybe if Todd showed up, you could say. I I just love how Todd continues, and now we're on Overwatch podcast again. I love how Todd continues to say he doesn't play and or like Overwatch, but if you go on the Discord, what he's talking about is Overwatch. Is Overwatch. If you look at my text message, what is he talking about? Most of the time, it's just it's it's funny. It's funny. I don't know why he has this like he has this like duality where it's like I don't want to seem like I'm Mr. Overwatch, but like deep down I'm still Mr. Overwatch. It's like he it's like he feels dirty that he still plays Overwatch, and I still like Overwatch. I love Overwatch, and I enjoy watching the Overwatch League. It's just me personally, the changes they've made they don't vibe what I got going on, so I'm not I'm just not interested into it. Maybe things will change when. uh... Overwatch 2 becomes like a thing. Oh, maybe. But even then, I'm like, I don't know. No, Overwatch 2 will definitely pull me back in, at least for the beginning. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably play just to play like a new character and maybe try out the new mode. Yeah. I mean, I'm, de- I'm, like, I'm definitely in an Overwatch 2. We've all collectively put so much time into Overwatch and, unfortunately, money. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm still yeah. all in on Overwatch. No, I just remembered that I... That I can play Overwatch 2... Without having to buy it. Without having to buy it. I would have to buy it for the single-player stuff, which I may or may not do. I'll probably do just... If I doubt I'm going to do it, like, right away. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. 
if there was a night at all in the next however many days, it doesn't matter when, if, like, Todd was on and you, you were like, oh, I'll fucking hop on, and, like, a bunch of us got on, like, mm-hmm. the last time that I did play Overwatch, a bunch of us got on, mm-hmm. and it was fun. It was fun. And, like, for the most part, Roloch's still there, and it's still garbage in my opinion, but at least with more of us there, it was like, all right, at least we kind of, like, kind of know some of the rules that we're all going to be in, mm-hmm. where it's not like, oh, uh, I want to play this. I guess I'll wait 20 minutes to play it. Um, I'm pretty sure every match was just none of us playing DPS, but yeah. I, I didn't care too, too much. Yeah, well, if we're going to talk about Overwatch, we can talk about uh, hero bands. I mean, I'm, I am pretty removed as a player from Overwatch, so any of the updates or changes that have been happening, I don't really go to in depth. I know that the hero ban is there. Is that also in the league now? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Um, in the experimental card. I don't know what the experimental card is. The experimental card is they... Um... This episode, by the way, while Mike's gathering his thoughts, is, up, is sponsored by the good folks at Goodnight Fatty, but we'll talk more about them later. So experimental card, hit me up, because I'm unaware of all this stuff. Basically, it's where it's not like the PTR, but it's more like if they want to try out, like, where they try out, like, their new ideas, just to see how people take them. So, for instance... And it, it's called the experimental card? Well, you know how, like, you can pick quick play, arcade... Oh, okay, like, so that's just called a card. Yeah. Okay. So they've right. got the experimental one. Um... In there, at least as of recently, they were trying the the one three two rollock. Did you see this? Did you see this? Did you know no, this? I don't know anything about this. Um, so they're already playing around with adjusting rollock. Yes. Okay. So, th- okay, this is this is interesting to know. Yeah, I, I, and this actually makes me happy. This makes me think they're going to be making more changes. Maybe not aggressively, but they're going to be workshopping ideas that get traction. Would be my guess. Yeah. Well, listen, I also like no Rolock. But basically. I hate Rolock. I'm very sad that Rolock came to Overwatch. 132, it's one tank, three DPS, two support. Okay. And then what they did. You hear this? You hear this? All right, we get the. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did it many times. Um, I heard it many times. So because it's one tank, they're like, well, clearly they're. The off tanks are kind of at a disadvantage here. Like, it's like a lot of work. So they purposely rebalance the tanks just for that mode. So like the changes that they made to the tanks only affect them that, in mode. that mode. That's a lot of that's a lot of things mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, that is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So, and that also just rolled out like this week, uh, or has that been around? It's been around. For maybe it might have been like two weeks or like a week. I forget. It's it, fairly recent. It does actually make me sad that I don't know all of these nuances to Overwatch right now because up until more recently it was like overwatch was our fucking bread and butter mm-hmm. like i was like reading any possible thing about overwatch and now i feel like i'm so removed that i don't like th- this is like genuinely surprising to me that yeah. that you're saying this stuff so for instance what did they change so roadhog i think they rebounce his hook like his hook might be like on a shorter cooldown might be like six seconds instead of whatever it was before mm-hmm. um but also, take a breather does an AOE healing for his team. Weird. Um, Orissa, I think her shield might be on a shorter cooldown, or basically, it kind of went back to wherever it was before. Because I 
they had lengthened it fairly recently, but they brought it back, so it might be like on a eight second cooldown. Hmm. Uh, Zarya, I think she does less damage, but if she throws a bubble on somebody, if there are other players around them, they also get like a bubble too. What the fuck? Yep. Interesting. I think those are the two big changes, at least for that specific Zarya. mode, though. But it's yeah. only in that specific mode. Exactly. Interesting. Have you played that mode? I again, I haven't played Overwatch in a long time. I haven't turned on my Xbox in a while, and I don't even. I kind of forget that it's on the Switch. Interesting. I mean, we a group of us played Overwatch probably like three weeks ago. We all did. You you were there. That was three weeks ago. It was probably in February. I mean, at the at at the longest away, it was in January. It was definitely this year. Okay. But I think it was at the beginning of February. I think I think Todd suckered us in. Okay. Well, I I I I could look back at my text messages with Dom because I did text him and tell him to try to get on too, mm. so I could find out when exactly it was. But that's it's a lot of work. Important. That's a lot of work. I mean, Dom's... if you if you really haven't turned your Xbox on, you could probably find out by just looking at the last time you signed into your Xbox. Yeah, but even then, I might. I full disclosure, I will sign into my Xbox just because I have the VRV app on my Xbox if I'm watching My Hero Academia I would have to turn it on okay. I haven't watched My Hero in a couple of weeks either so like there probably is a way to see the last time you you opened Overwatch 2 but mm-hmm. that's a lot of things that we don't need to do at this moment and they're not really that important but before we get into our post packs coverage Mike since you haven't been touching your Xbox is there anything you've been playing? I know we've been at PAX so like mm-hmm. you know there, there hasn't been a lot of time since between our last episode and now yeah. but is there anything on, on the uh, the old playlist for Michael? Nah, just Persona. How, where are you at in Persona now? Obviously, spoiler, like, free. Um, More so, I don't care about the audience, I care about myself. Yeah. Uh, you're, like, you said you were four dungeon, uh, four palaces in? Four palaces in, waiting to figure out what my fifth one is. Interesting. And how has the game grown on you? It seems like you're fucking in it now. It seems like you're in it, and, like, you're going to finish this game. Uh, yeah, I guess. I think... What ultimately changed me, and I should probably look into this more, is basically I was talking about it with somebody else. Because I had said, like, oh, I can't do this thing because I don't have the right stats for it. And they said, oh, yeah, I couldn't do... I mean, I don't care about the fans either. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I couldn't do this thing. And someone said, oh, I couldn't do it on my first playthrough either. But when you do, like, New Game Plus... Mm-hmm. Like the stats carry over, and then you're able to do something like that. I was like, "Oh, oh. interesting." See, so, but I don't know if I, so. Okay, I didn't know that that happened in New Game Plus. I don't, but there don't, de- also don't know. But there definitely is like, unless unless it applies to New Game Plus only. I know at least like, but I guess this is this is kind of a when I say who the person is makes sense just based on their nature or at least how they develop games. Mm-hmm. But I know. At least Sakurai has played through the game and has gotten full, uh, full confident like rank. Yeah, like r- got everyone's confidant rank all the way up. Yeah, man. Um, so I don't know if that is like you can only do that on a second playthrough or not, mm-hmm. but I would imagine there's ways to like min max your time in order to do certain things if you wanted to do them. Um, I'm, I'm not great. At min max of my time, I try to like, at least with the current palace that I'm on, I tried to spend my time like, all right, on palace runs, I'm going to try to get through as much of the palace as possible. Mm. That way, 
when I leave, I have some more time to like do additional quests or like do additional things in mementos or do additional things to like rank up my character, like spend days like studying, like spend days doing shit like that instead of just like going back to the palace. So I, with this palace, I got myself in a scenario where I got myself to the boss with like, I think a full week. So, but then you told me that I could beat the boss and still have that time. Yeah. So now I think for palaces going forward, as long as the game continues to play out that way, mm. I think I'm just going to try to get to the boss and either fight the boss or just get to the boss, use my time, then go defeat the boss. Or if I already did, just do, do the story beats. Yeah. I mean, you could also spend, I guess, if you get to the boss with that much time to spare, you could always just like explore the castle and, or just explore the palace and find things like I do all that shit as I'm doing it. Um, in games like this, it's part of the reason why it takes me so long to play games like this because, like, when I'm in a palace or any other RPG that has this type of, you know, crawling mechanic, I have to go down every path. I can't just like, oh, I got to the door that advances me and just keep going. I then turn around and go, I didn't go down this path. I didn't go down this path. I need to see what's down here because. God forbid the one fucking time I don't is going to be like a dope item or something. Most of the time it's garbage. I don't think I've found anything in a palace that was like, that was worth my time. But I like knowing that I've looked at everything there yeah. to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I, I typically, I think it's only mementos that I bother like looping around making sure that I've hit every single dead end before I move someplace else. I do the same thing with mementos. <clears throat> but the uh, palace, I just kind of... The only reason why I will like, explore a palace is because I legitimately got lost. Weird. I don't get lost in palaces. I don't think, that, I don't think the dungeon design, at least not yet, is like difficult. Or well, As far as I can tell, I haven't gotten lost besides the one time I forgot what I was doing. Well, that's different. I would argue that's like completely different than getting lost. You just left the game for a long time and came back and yeah. we didn't know where to pick up. Which why, like, a game like Dragon Quest XI-S on the Switch, I haven't gone back to that since, like, November. I will go back to it eventually. That game's fucking amazing. But what's great about that game is that when you turn it back on, before you start playing, it gives you a fucking brief summary of what you're doing and what's been going on so that you know where the fuck you're going. Which is, like, I think every game should fucking do that. Because I'd go back to probably way more games. Um... I've seen it done in a few other games, but it's not done in nearly enough games. Like, that's a thing that should, I think, be, like, especially in a long RPG, like, yeah, people are going to walk away and play other games when new things come out. It should be, like, mandatory. It's a smart way to keep people invested in your game. Because, like, I, Dragon Quest Eleven is going to be a long, slow burn for me because there's just too much out all the time. I, I can't, like, fully commit to one thing that much when it comes to, like, long, long games like that. Um... So having that feature is like, I know I can go back to this game without worrying of like you going back to Persona and be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Because the last thing I want to do is like take a long break from a game, go back to it, and then be like, the only way I can get through this is I got to restart the fucking game. Like, I don't want that to happen. Um, anyways, uh, for me, now that PAX is over... I will start swinging back into Persona 5. But before I get there, I'm currently playing through Bloodroots, uh, which I'll, when I finish it, I'll have a full review up on the website, pastthecontroller.io. But this is a game that, I don't know if you remember, I don't, I don't think you played it with me, 
but this was at PAX East two years ago, or I guess last year, not this most recent PAX the year before. Um, do, does that game sound familiar to you when I say Bloodroots? Mm. It's basically a top-down... You you would actually when we're done, I'll have you like play play a little bit of it because I think this is a game you'd actually really like. It's a one hit kill game like a Hotline Miami, um, where it's you know top down has an interesting story, has a great graphic design. It's like a little com- comic booky, uh, cool kills, cool weapons, but it's like just this. There are some projectile weapons, so it's not. But it's not like I feel like Hotline Miami, Hotline Miami is more focused around guns. Where this again, there are projectiles, but I don't think I wouldn't say it's focused around guns. I'd say it's more focused around melee weapons. Um, but it's that similar type of style. You going into these areas instead of houses, it's like open areas. And in every area, there's X amount of people. You got to kill them all. Uh, obviously, like you can go about things different ways, but it can be challenging. It's already been kind of challenging, but it's really fun and it's really stylish. It's very bloody. Um, I'm fucking loving it. It's a great time. It has good music, but it's tough for me when I play these types of games because there's a combo system like Hotline Miami. Like, you know, you kill people in quick succession, all this stuff. So when I die in a room or in a, in a portion of a level, I'm like, all right, how can I map this out in my brain to be like, I'll grab this weapon, kill this person, do this, do this. Every weapon has like X amount of times you can hit someone with it and it breaks automatically. So like, most weapons are like two or three, so it's like you pick up an axe, you can kill three people with it, and then it breaks, so then you gotta grab another weapon. If you don't have a weapon and you melee someone, it's like a slow melee and a slow recovery, so usually if you try to melee someone, you'll kill them, but if there's any other enemies, they'll kill you, because it's just a slow recovery. Um, but the weapons are all really cool, like I'm like running people over with a fucking beach ball, and, uh, you know, hitting someone over the head with a fucking penguin or a carrot or just, like, cool weapons. I found a weapon in one of the levels that was literally just a turkey, and I, like, threw it on top of someone's head, and then they, like, ran around and blew up or something. Uh, it, it's cool. It, it has cool weapons. It has a good style. It, 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 it's, it's fun, kind of a little dark, but I, I'm enjoying a lot. I'll, I'll have my full review up, like I said, when I finish the game. Uh, I'm trying to... It came out while we are at PAX, which is unfortunate because I had the code. But I was like, ah, like, PAX is here. Obviously, I can't do this during PAX. So, like, it sucks. I want to get it up quickly because the game just came out the Friday of PAX or whatever, the Thursday of PAX. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. PAX right there. So I'll get that up as soon as possible. Hopefully, and I should before Animal Crossing. Um, since we're on the topic of the website, before we roll things through, I just put up our preview of Fuser. In our preview of She Dreams Elsewhere, which I'm going to short right now. So check those out. We'll have a f- preview up for all of the games that received awards during PAX. So if any of those games looked interesting to you, we'll have full previews up on them. Depending on timeline-wise, if I have more time before Animal Crossing comes out, I will uh, probably do a few other things PAX-related. That doesn't have anything to do with the rule. Uh, awards we gave out but we'll see that's all kind of tentative it seems it, it'll be how quick i get through the rest of this other stuff um i made i made really good progress today because i did the fuser one she dreams elsewhere one and i started a preview for another game so if i if i can keep up this momentum over the weekend and pretty much bang out all that stuff i might uh, i might do some other things we'll see we, we shall see nothing set in stone because i do have to finish blood roots too anyways moving on 
I'm fucking still really tired. I have not fully recovered from PAX yet. I'm thankfully knock on everything. Haven't gotten sick, but I'm just like super worn out. Um, what were uh, what were some of your favorite things from this PAX, Mike? Not be game related, just anything related. Honestly, I think at the end of the day, it was watching Yusa come and eat all that stuff from Wings Over. That was about it. So, paint, paint, paint the picture for the audience so they know what you're talking about. Because I know what you're talking about. Paint the picture. Well, you've listened to more than two episodes of this show, then you've heard Brennan say, I'm eating clean. I'm a fucking great guy. I've lost a million pounds. Uh, 32, but 32. who's counting? Who's counting, this guy. Um, and he's been doing that forever. And we don't give a shit about him and his dietary condition during I, PAX. I don't so really either, but continue. Me and other people decide we're going to order some food from Wings Over. I think by this point he had already ordered food from someplace else and managed to make them make garbage food for him. Um, and we get... Too many wings, which we knew going into it, mm-hmm. and we have it all piled up in the hotel room, and we eat as much as we could, and you know we're giving out to people who are just happen to be in the room with us, like, hey guys, you got some chicken? Oh, I'll have some. We're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. We don't fucking care. Um, and Brennan comes back and he's like, oh, hey guys, and he like looks at the food and he opens the boxes and he's like, oh, I can't eat any of this. It's processed, or I don't know, it fucking it grew in the wrong farm. I don't give a shit. It was, it was fried food. I'm not trying to eat fried food right now. It was fried, guys. I can only have my chicken grilled and unseasoned and whatever. There can be seasoning. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, so we have all this food, and he can't have any of it, so he eats his like little strawberry fucking bullshit bar. I forget what they were. Why do you hate my fruit bars? You hate your fruit bars. No, they're delicious, actually. Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> so, this all happens, I think, Thursday? Maybe Friday? What I've realized now is that... it, it, it the, You it ordered be... the food on Friday. Okay, yeah. The, the days actually blur together at this point. So, we have the food Friday. Keep ta- I can tell you what day you ordered the food, but keep yeah. talking. And we eat a bunch of it, and then... We leave the rest there. We go about our day, and you order I... the food Friday around four o'clock. All right, because I I remember you guys were waiting, and it was taking forever, and I had to go to an appointment. Yeah, so that's that's what um. So we have the leftover food in the hotel room. The whole day goes by, and we go do things. There are games, parties, holes, and. <sighs> That sounds horrible. What? You're not wrong, though. I'm not wrong. There's no lie. Uh, and by the end of the night, and this is like one something, maybe even two in the morning, because we had gotten back, and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch Black Clover, because those are the decisions I make at that time. And Brennan was like, I was like, I got to eat something. And he looks at all the food he rejected the past day. He goes through each one and starts to eat a little bit out of each thing. He's like, mm, 
That's the sound he makes. All right, he fair makes. enough. He, he sounds like a Muppet. Um, <laughs> a hungry Muppet. A hungry Muppet. And that is pretty much it. And then I turned around, I looked at Mike, very drunk, very late at night, and I said, don't tell anybody. Oh, shit, that's right. <laughs> and he just told all of you. I'm going to edit that out. I'm going to edit that whole story out. Okay. Um, it was worth it. I still lost weight during packs, so... Uh, I'm listen. I'm allowed to like have cheat meals. I just I just choose not to eat cheat meals. So if I do slip up, like when I have pizza tomorrow, because I'm 100% eating fucking pizza tomorrow, mm-hmm. it's not as bad because I am very rarely eating anything too bad. Um, but did you? Uh, I mean, you must have enjoyed yourself at the adult swim party. I mean, those are your people. You're a big adult swim guy, Mike. I mean, I guess they're my people. No? I mean, you got a giant Morty plush. We all did. Yeah, but we got them as, like, guilty by association. We, we got them because they cut us in line for the photo booth. That's true, too. Which Morty did you get? Some sort of angry-looking one. Uh, what, uh, so... Other than... Food since that was your favorite part of PAX, was mm-hmm. watching me fucking break and eat a bunch of garbage food. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know deep down in my heart of hearts, like I know that there were other things you enjoyed. I don't know why you're playing so hard to get right now. You're making me like tease this out of you. I'm actually curious to think, to see what you think my thing was, because I honestly don't know. Well, I mean, I just, I feel like you probably in, enjoyed not only Fuser the game, but mm-hmm. Fuser's booth in general. I mean, Fuse the Game was good. The booth was, you know, a nice flashy touch. The booth was dope. Booth was, yeah. Um, like, it was legitimately, like, a fucking party. Every time you walked by. Like, no matter what. Yeah. And I feel like no matter what, every time we walked by, it was like, oh, there's Smash Mouth again. Well, I mean, they... Or uh, whatever that other fucking song was. You know what I'm talking about. There's like eight million remixes to it. Um, oh, fucking the band guy. No, uh, wait, was that in the demo? Yeah. Oh no, I'm talking about uh, fucking. I'm gonna take my that song. Oh. That song, Old Town Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. I don't know. It was. It was always a fucking party. Yeah, I mean, there was a limited. There's a limited amount of songs. In Six, song. sixteen yeah. tracks, I believe. So like. We were going to hear some repeats, but, you know, it was always nicely mixed. Yeah, it was nicely mixed. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on Fuser? I mean, I posted a full preview, so if anyone wants, like, my in-depth thoughts, you can check that out. But um, I'm very, I'm very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I do want to play it. I want to own it and then, like, you know, play it. Um, I hope it has good replayability for someone like me who's ultimately going to play it by themselves in their house and probably play through some sort of story mode but then outside of that I don't know what I'm going to get out of it I mean I think I think for the most part it's not really a multiplayer game there is a multiplayer mode I I don't believe it was anywhere available to play at PAX uh, and their website gives very little details on what the multiplayer mode is but I would imagine that this is like mostly a Mostly a single person playing experience, mm-hmm. but could be an experience that multiple people enjoy at the same time if yeah. you're mixing it 
and on Look, on speakers saying. for someone here's to listen saying, to. Is that if I were to have owned the peripherals for Rock Band, I can see myself saying like, "Oh, you know what? I feel like playing Rock Band. I'm gonna play the guitar. I'm gonna play the drums." Like even by myself, I can just play through it. Whereas with Fuser, I like the concept. I do want to play it, but outside like if i'm just playing i'm just like mixing songs like that's cool and all but i feel like it's bigger it's bigger draw would be as a party game with people the same way uh drop mix was like i could own drop mix and play it by myself yeah. at home and just do shit but i think the real draw would be like to have people like having that as like music playing for people so i think i think it's kind of there's kind of a few different uh, outlets to how to how they're gonna overcome that. There is gonna be some sort of campaign, which obviously you play through that. Um, there is some sort of multiplayer mode. I just don't know exactly what it is. But there, in addition, in addition to that, like I feel like part of the replayability value is gonna be if you care about leaderboards, or even if it's just worldwide, or if it's just like your friends list and like having better scores on mixes than me or Dom or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as I believe there's going to be some social integration where you could potentially create dope mixes and then save them and then share them. Oh. So like, kind of like, be like, oh yeah, check out my fucking dope set from last night. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like that would offer more replayability because you'd be experimenting a bunch with like, these drums sound cool with this piano and like this and this and this. So I think... I think there's that. Plus, I think the game at its core... Again, I understand your thing about playing it alone because I'm also going to be playing it alone. Um, But I think... And I kind of mentioned this in my preview. Part of the... Part of the thing that I think makes this... uh, So I'm going to sound really stupid because I like... I described it in a way that I've... Obviously, this game is like brand new to be announced too. It got announced the week of PAX. But I described it in a way that, like, I think I may have made up, where Harmonix make Rock Band, Dance Central, other games, they're primarily known for their rhythm games. I don't think this, I would call this necessarily a rhythm game. It, it kind of is, but I instead said that it's a vibe simulation because you are ultimately playing it for yourself to create pleasing music for yourself so like setting your own vibe in the game if you're choosing to go for like high scores or like whatever you need to play to the audience's tastes which is playing to like a vibe that suits them and if you're like playing in a party setting and you want to play it so that like people at the party you're at are having a good time you're playing to their like physical vibe whatever so i feel like that's kind of more what the game is, which I like the idea of that. Um, and also, I feel like it. Um, I feel like even if you're choosing to play it where you're like playing for the in-game audience's taste to get better scores and stuff, at least from what the demo showed us, you know, it'll be like play play a song from this decade or change the drums or play add some pop something so it's like even in their requests at least in the demo there's enough of there's enough room for you to to have options so it's not like you're just playing you're not just like oh it said do this so do this it's like do 
this thing that you can solve from these number of things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remembered that. I remember it saying like, hey, you know, play a song from the 90s. Yeah. So like at least play some rock. So at least it like gives you some sort of uh, you know, broader scope as to what the like challenges in the game. So that would potentially make you know, going for high scores or doing better runs not as stale. Whereas in Rock Band or or something like that, you're you're playing the same notes. You're playing the same thing. You're playing a song that exists where in this you're playing something that you're creating at the same time mm-hmm. which i think would feed into more replayability too i don't know if that changes any of your opinion on the game at all i think it just put you to sleep yeah. i think he made you a sleepy guy yeah i don't know fuser vibe simulator but I'm feeling it, and the more I was writing about it today, I was like, "Fuck, I like really want to play that game again." Um, other, other like big games for me. Obviously, some of these games we gave awards to, but She Dreams Elsewhere was phenomenal. I like can't wait to get my hands on that game some more. Um, I know, like, I ended up putting this in my preview, and I ended up saying it to Davion, the the game's uh, developer. But jokingly, when you were sitting next to me when I was playing through it. I was like, oh, like, Persona, kind of like Persona stuff, Persona stuff. And then, like, as it went on, I was like, all right, this has got, like, some real Persona vibes. And I was, like, really feeling it. Uh, but that game is fucking gorgeous. Like, I, I I was watching some trailers and stuff of it today while I was writing about it. And I was like, this game just has a very, very unique style. And I think the tone of the game is going to match that. And it's supposed to tell a story of, like, dealing with mental health and all this stuff, and I'm like, if this game nails that stuff, like, this it will be big. It'll be a big game. Or it'll at least be, like, that cult type of big, like an Undertale, that's like, it has its fucking fans, and it, they're, they make themselves known. Um, so I'm excited to see that play out. I hope it does release this year. I, think, I believe you said it was supposed to come out later this year, so... I hope that does show up. Is that something that would interest you to, to play on your own or no? Uh, we'll see. I'll I'll say this. Given that we've described it as Persona and Undertale, and I'm playing Persona, and I've been meaning to like actually finish up Undertale, I'll probably try and do both those games before I would touch that. Yeah. So, I'm excited for that one. That one looks really cool. Um... I think that uh, there's something really special there. It has, like, the from the demo perspective, it has, like, the early signs of being something really, really, really cool and unique. And from, like, the, the dream scope of what Davian said the game is going to be and what, like, the website says the game's going to be, it, like, if that stuff is executed well, I think it's going to be a really, really, really good game, and I'm very excited about that. It's right up my alley. It's uh, definitely my jam. I'm I'm like confused how I didn't know about this game prior to to Cam mentioning to us when he came on the podcast. Um, but I'm excited I got to get my hands on it so quickly after that. Obviously, there were tons of other games we played. But before we get into that type of stuff, we had our fucking panel, which was kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Not a highlight for you. 
don't care. The room was pretty full. I'm I'm like excited about that. I know I had said I think I had said it on the podcast, but I know I've said it in person that I was like if if this is at least like half full, I'll be happy. Like I don't expect it to be. Like I didn't know what to expect. I had low expectations for who would show up and who would be there and how full it would be. But the room was like pretty full, and I'm like floored by that support. I know that a lot of people weren't there specifically for us, but. Like that still is cool that people came and stayed. I think that's the, I think that's actually the more impressive thing is that a lot of people went there, not specifically for us, whether it was for some of the other panelists or if it was just because it looked like a cool panel to them, but it was, they showed up and then they stayed. That means that they were at the bare minimum entertained or at the high part didn't have somewhere else to be. They really just want a place to sit down for like an hour. Potentially. Um, but it was a good turnout. I'm super excited. I like kind of, I'm not like addicted to panels now, but I'm like, all right, cool. We, we need to have at least one panel now when we go. Like we have to have this. And spoiler, I think, uh, I think what I'm going to do is resubmit this panel as a part two if we actually go to West mm-hmm. and do like a, like a, like a, See if we can make this like a recurring panel where it's like, you know, maybe we get some sort of like kind of cult following where it's like, oh, cool. We'll go to like this year's fucking video game movie panel. And, every, you know, if, let's just say we do do it again for, for West. We can't use any of the same movies. You know what I mean? So it's like we kind of build some sort of rules into it for that way. I don't know. Regardless, I, it was a great panel. Like our panelists all killed it. Everyone did great. Um, Joe and you were kind of on stage for a little while, mm-hmm. uh, doing your thing, but it was, it was good. We, we, uh, I'm very, very impressed with everyone. I think everyone did a really great job. Shout out to, to Grayson Morales and Cameron Hawkins and Lily Zaldivar. I think they all like did phenomenal. They were all great all weekend. Like we, we love those guys. They're all fantastic. Um, they were just as nice on the internet as they were in person, if not more so. Uh, and it was like a pleasure to like really hang out with all those guys. It was a good time. Um, like we kind of kicked with them for most of the weekend, which is great. So it was, it was nice to have like some other people, like-minded people, nice people kind of hanging around. Shout out to Jesse, like there were Joseph Yade. And there was a bunch of people that were just cool people kind of hanging around with us the whole time. Um, and there he is. Yay. Um, so shout out to all of them. It was just a good time. And then on top of that, like the Tetris panel was also like, Mike, I can't even, like, so you were coming up with food, but when we were into the panel early, we walked in there and I, so I asked the enforcers before our panel started on Thursday, I was like, how, how many, like, how much does this room feel? Like, oh, it's about 400 or something like that. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'll be floored if we get 200 people. Um, before we walked into the room for the Tetris panel on Sunday, I was like, asked the enforcer, who happened to be the same, one of the same enforcers from the Thursday panel. And I was like, just curious, like, how much does this room hold? I'm assuming more because it's a streaming room. And she was like, oh, yeah, 1300. And in my head, I was like, if this room is full, my fucking head is going to explode. I can't deal with 1300 people staring at me. I went in there and just like, Standing at the front and on the stage and just looking out into the empty seats and seeing how far back it went, I'm like, 
the scope of it on this side of things is very different from being like someone in the audience looking up at the stage. It just looks fucking freaky. But I will say it wasn't full because come on, but it was not full. But uh, even if it was full, because it was a streaming room, they had these very big lights at the after the first break of seats that were shining on the stage. And with those lights on, there's not a fucking chance from the stage I would have been able to see past like the first few rows of seats just because the lights were so bright. So in my head, I already put myself a little bit at ease because I was like, okay, even if this is like super full, I won't even be able to see that far back. And I feel like I kind of, I didn't like black out, but I feel like I kind of just turned off the audience in my brain anyway. I kept looking at you because you and Jesse were literally right in front of me. So I kept looking at you two, but like, it was kind of hard to focus on anything else outside of that. Like I couldn't see Mako people's faces. Like I knew, I knew Bobby and Colin were in the crowd. I think they were somewhere behind you, but like I didn't, I couldn't actually see anyone. And I think it was for the better. I didn't want to like focus on people. I don't want to, I'm, I'm exhausted still. I didn't want to like hone in on anybody or like notice anyone else that I knew or see anyone else I recognize or something. Cause I didn't need that extra pressure. Uh, I already knew like, Jen and my mom were watching at home on Twitch. I was like, I don't need, I just, I don't need to know any of this. I don't need to know anything. Um, but that panel was great. Like shout out to, to, to Morgan for having me on there and, and Liana and, and David and, um, Chris and then fucking big cheese killing the whole panel. Come in last minute. Call me big cheese. He like fucking destroyed that whole thing. It was so good that he was there. He, he legitimately came in like with like a 20 minute notice. Um, and it was just like, I, I, he, he owned that whole thing. Like he owned that panel, but it was so good. It was a, it was a good chemistry. I think amongst everybody super appreciative to be on there. Um, but I guess back to, back to the games, were there any other like standout games, even if it was something that we gave awards to that were just like, they hit with you personally hard or no, uh, uh, spin drift. I forget the game. Uh, Spindrift is your favorite fucking soda water. So in my head, I was like, okay, I can either call it Spindrift or Spin Doctors, but I definitely can't call it the real name because I really don't remember what it's called anymore. Uh, so yes, I need to sleep forever. Uh, the the real name is Spin Rhythm XD. But before you talk about that, this episode of the Fast Control Podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Goodnight Fatty. If you're in the Salem, Massachusetts area on a Saturday, I don't know why I did that first, a Friday or Saturday night from 7 to 11, or Sunday from 6 to 10, you can head on down to 1 Washington Square, get yourself a delicious fatty, and educate yourself on these tasty, tasty treats. Eric was at the panel on Thursday. Shout out to Eric. Um, And they're great people. They're a local business. They do great things. They make really tasty cookies. And, uh, yeah, if you want to get some delicious munches in the morning, you can go to their uh, 1 Washington Square location on Saturday or Sunday from 8 to 2. I haven't been in a long time, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and you can get yourself a delicious chubby or a cinnamon bun or a delicious coffee. Mike's a big fan of their coffee. Big fan of their coffee. No? Am I making this up? It's a fucking ad read, Mike. Yeah, you can't just start spinning it like, hey, Mike's, yeah, Mike swears by this stuff. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I didn't say that. I just said that you like the coffee. Yeah. The real question is, are we going to get out here in time tonight for you to go get an Oreo coffee cookie? Are you going to push the fatty drops? Uh, we probably should push the fatty drops. If you don't feel like leaving your house and being productive and being on your feet, you can also go to their social media or go to their website, goodnightfatty.com, 
and get yourself a fatty drop, which means they'll bring the cookies to you. You don't have to leave. You can just stay inside. You can st- keep playing your video games, keep watching us, keep doing whatever you want to do, and the cookies will come to you hot and fresh out the oven. There's literally no one else doing that. It's pretty amazing. But follow them on social media at Goodnight Fatty and educate yourself on these tasty, tasty treats. And if you do head down to Goodnight Fatty, let them know Pass the Controller sent you. I promise. They will look at you like, who the fuck are you? Or not. Uh, anyways, Mike, Spin Rhythm XD. Mm-hmm. What, what about it? It was cool. It was cool? Yeah. What, what, what about it is, was cool? I fucking hate you so much. You spin. There's some rhythm involved. Uh, I really don't know about the X. It's XD. XD. Um, that's a head scratcher. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a rhythm game. Yeah, but okay, what kind of rhythm game? Explain to the to the people at home who didn't get to go to PAX East. People that didn't get to shut a game. You missed out. You know what else I played? I played the Final Fantasy demo. That was a game. <laughs> but you can also download the Final Fantasy yeah, demo. Yeah, you can also download it now. Which I didn't download it, but I'm pretty sure the demo you can download on your PlayStation is a longer demo. Yeah, that's what I, I think that's what I heard. Which is kind of bonkers to me. Uh, I mean, I, I, I get the idea of having a shorter demo at PAX because it was one of the busiest booths, so they want to like mm. cycle people through quickly. But... uh. Yeah, this anime senpai is, is struggling right now. I mean, I agree with you. I think Spin Rhythm XD was one of the best things we played at the show. We also gave it one of our awards. We for, did? We did. Oh. You know, I think I actually left the group when you guys were giving out the awards. I think I walked away. Wait, you're in the picture with... Are you not in the picture with all of us, with Davion? When we gave the award to She Dreams Elsewhere? I was, I was definitely there for some of them. I don't know if I was there for all of them. Oh, uh, for Spin Rhythm, I think there was a point in time where we had to do things very quickly mm-hmm. for a specific reason. Um, Spin Rhythm, I went and gave myself just, yeah. to, just to get that one. But you were there for the deliberation. Yeah, I think I was. Anyways, Spin Rhythm was great, though, because it was like, like I, I, I mean, I had DJ Hero. I don't know if you played much of it. Uh, I might have come to your house to play it, but I don't remember us playing it a lot. We didn't play a lot. Uh, it wasn't bad. It was fun. There's some like clear similarities here, mm-hmm. but this is like fucking really cool. And I I like the flow of it. I think that it it uh it controls really well. I think it would suffer without having some sort of controller. Yeah. I know that they don't think I don't think they said they were planning to do a controller, but they'll have MIDI support so you can mm-hmm. use other things. I just I don't I don't think I would enjoy it as much playing it with a mouse and keyboard, yeah. but if it comes to a console, which rumor it, it may, uh, I think I would enjoy it okay with the joystick and buttons, but I think to get the full experience, you really do need that yeah. that controller. I, I would like the game, so to compare it to Fuser, I guess, like Fuser, I had my thoughts, but that game... I would really like to play, like, I would like to have that set up and get to the point where I could play it on, like, a higher, I, I think I played it on an easier medium. I would like to yeah. like, actually play it enough that I can really play it on a higher level and, like, do all the things, go, I don't know, there's things involved, I can yeah. press buttons, I don't know. For, wait, if you play it on the higher difficulty, are there more inputs? 
Yes. Oh, I, I was I, not aware of that. That's why we didn't use the other scratch table. You you use that when you get to a higher level. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, I would definitely want that. Um, I like th- that type of game is the type of game where I could eventually work myself up to be playing on the higher difficulties where I know as much as I play and as much as I love rock band and, and whatnot, there's a plateau for me. Like the dexterity of my fingers for playing bass or guitar is never going to be at the level to go past like a certain point. Mm-hmm. And I know that. And the drums, I have, I've like barely ever even tried to use the drums. So I have no idea. I think I could do the drums. I don't know if I could do the kick pedal. I think that would throw me off. Because mm-hmm. um, there have been brief moments in time where I've played real drums and I've had people try to teach me real drums. And the kick pedal always is like, I can't get that. Like, yeah. it throws off my hands. Because you have to keep it on a separate beat, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes I just can't fucking do that. I think with that, though, because I think I am good with, like, matching beats, I feel like I could probably teach my body to do that. But with the dexterity in the fingers, specifically for a guitar controller, I don't think I can do that. Even though there was a point in time where I also was, like, learning how to play guitar. I just, I don't have the patience to, to do that. Um, rock band guitar and real guitar are two very different. That things. is also true. But I don't think I have the, the dexterity in my fingers to do the rock band guitar at a specific level. Um but with this DJ controller on spin rhythm, I do think I could get myself up to the point where where I could do that. Um, I mean, other like standout games for me, I would be remiss to not bring up for Joe's sake since he couldn't be here tonight. Uh, Samurai Gun Two, mm-hmm. which he loves that game, and I completely understand why. That's like a perfect dojo game that falls right in line with other games like like Towerfall and uh. Now I'm having a brain fart. But those types of games where it's like a great party game, there's room for mastery, but it's also like low entry where people who may not care or may not have like familiarity with it will do fine. Um, that game is is a blast. I, it's very stylish when you get a kill and it's like everything goes black and it's like a thin... I'm sure that has some sort of like term mm-hmm. for that type of like shot. Um, but it's it's very stylish for what it is. For a game that's like very simple in both controls and I guess art style like that style ish aspect of it is like very striking because the rest of the game isn't as like crazy or like so many things going on um so I gotta mention that for Joe um you had a chance so Grayson front of the show uh had talked about Ghosts Runner a lot mm-hmm. one of his favorite games you had a chance to play it mm-hmm. on I think Sunday but I didn't. I didn't play it. I watched you play it for a little while. What did you think of it? I know it was keyboard and mouse, so that's like out of your comfort zone a little yeah. bit. But like the game itself, what did you think of that? Uh, it was cool. It was. Um, how do I describe this game? Yeah, I mean, it was. It was cool, and I would have played more of it if I wasn't having a difficult time, like using the keyboard mouse controls, it got to the point where, like, I think my hand was actually cramping because, like, I was trying to do, you know, WASD movement. Yeah. And then, like, I had to do certain abilities that were over in the left shift and control. And, like, I was doing that a lot, and then it kept 
fucking it up and this whole thing. Um, I I share those sentiments. Anytime we're demoing a game and it's like mouse and keyboard, I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna look like I don't know how to play video games right now, and this is not the place I want to be. And like there was a. There's like an Xbox controller next to me, mm-hmm. and I tried picking it up later. I'm like, all right, maybe I can just switch to this, and maybe I can bang through this. But as far as I can tell, only like two, actually, maybe only one actual like movement was mapped to the controller. On the controller. So I couldn't do anything with that. I wonder if you started the demo with it, though, if it would have been fine, yeah. or maybe they had to switch some sort of setting. I don't know. But that's unfortunate. Because that, that, yeah, I mean, we, we played another game on Sunday that was... Uh, misbits, which was only you know keyboard and mouse, and that I I actually started to get the hang of it, but I could see how like a game with multiple other key inputs would be, because like I know a keyboard without looking at it, but in that regard, I lose all like idea of what a keyboard looks like, because even when we were playing misbits, like. I I know a keyboard by heart. I know how to type on a keyboard without looking at the keyboard, no problem. But when we like when we were playing the game, I'd look at the control list and then I'd be like, "Where is that button?" I'd be like so confused as to where my hand was on the keyboard. It was it was very jarring. Um, I mean, for me, other games that like really stood out to me were obviously some of these other games that were on our our award list. Um, but the Red Lantern, which was a narrative-based game where you are in charge of... You're basically, like, doing this tra- trail to do... Um, I I keep wanting to say mushing, but that's not what I want to do. Like, snow dogs. Like, what is that? Like, uh, sled dogs. Yeah. No? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And now I don't know what... There's a word for that, but they're just fucking... Yeah, I feel like there is a word, and I just keep saying fucking mushing for some reason. But is that what you say to them? You say yeah, mush. You say mush. Okay, or maybe that's why I keep doing it. Regardless, the the game is basically you have uh, your own team of dogs. That in the full game you will be picking your dogs, and I guess a lot of those uh, choices or which dogs you pick will kind of change some of the outcomes of the game. Um, but what I really liked about this, besides the writing and voice acting being very good, um, is that it felt like even in the demo, which a demo for a game like this could go one of two ways. It could showcase the game really well, or it could be really boring and not showcase the game well at all. Um, And I thought it was the former, obviously, because we gave it a fucking award. Uh, But I, I thought that even in the demo, the choices that you made felt like they had legitimate weight, and it wasn't just like a game. like Like, it wasn't a demo I could just click through. It was like I had to stop and think and be like, oh, I need to rest and go to camp now. Oh, I need to feed my dogs. Oh, I need to feed myself. Like all this stuff. And it was like, I don't know how difficult it will get in the final game. Um, but even in the demo, I was like, all right, there's like definitely some management and survival aspects to this that you have to pay attention to or else you'll lose. Um, I-, I was very impressed by it. The, the demo wowed me. Like a game that I was ex- like interested in before PAX when I found out I was going to be PAX, set up an appointment and was cautious because I was like, this is a game that may not demo well. And I don't want that to be the unfortunate reason why I don't play it after the fact. Uh, but it was like resounding the opposite direction that made me really want to play it. Um, 
Disc Room, another fantastic game. Devolver, Devolver does not fuck around any year at PAX. Disc Room, did you play Disc Room? No. Did you play Carry On? No. Who played Carry On? I thought... I think Joe might have. I think Joe, Joe and Dom must have both played it. Um, Carry On, I watched Joe play for a while. I wasn't looking forward to Carry On regardless, but Joe was really looking forward to Carry On. But when Joe played Carry On after the demo, he was like not feeling it as much as he had hoped when because he was so excited for it so that was like okay i definitely don't need to play it at least not right now because he was very amped for this game and he didn't really hit with him but disc room on the other hand is from a i don't know if it's the exact same team but it's at least a group of the developers who made the game minute um making this completely different games but uh it's, it's basically like little challenge rooms where you're you're not like shooting or killing things. You're trying to not get killed and you can like dash. You probably get some more abilities as the game goes on, but in the demo, I believe you only got a dash um, where you're just trying to survive as long as possible in these rooms, and not get hit by these spinning bl- blade discs, disc room. Um, there's little challenges per room that like, you know, some rooms you like need to die by three different discs, like, or whatever. There's all these different little challenges, but it's, it is such a, fucking chaotic mess but in a well done way that i like really really enjoyed my time with it. i played through the demo twice because uh, it wasn't that long of a demo and i just wanted to play more of the game but i enjoyed that a lot and i'm like that's going to be a perfect switch game i can't wait for that to come out on switch it's going to be like a fantastic perfect little game on the switch um just like Minute was a fantastic little game. I played it on Xbox, but Minute was a fantastic little game. This will be just as fantastic, if not better, but very different than what Minute was if you played Minute. Um, I got to quickly shout out Yacht Club because they always kill it. I, I'm a big fan of Yacht Club and everything they do. There was a new Cyber Shadow demo this time around, which was definitely easier than last year's demo because last year's demo, the boss fight was a fucking gauntlet. It was not easy. You fight a boss in this demo, but I at least got through it much quicker. Maybe I was just more used to the game at that point. But that's a game that I just I can't I don't I don't need to play more of it. There was a demo with a new level there that I wanted to play, but I don't need to play more of it because I know I'm gonna buy it. I know I'm gonna love that game. Um, but that was there. I got the chance to ch- check out that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then there were two new Shovel Knight games that were there that are not being fully developed by Yacht Club. They're being developed by other teams. I'm sure Yacht Club is being very hands-on in the development process. Um, But one of them is Shovel Knight Dig, which is being developed by Nitrome, who, if you that name sounds familiar to you, you may have played their most recent game, which is Bomb Chicken. I believe it's their most recent game. But Bomb Chicken. Um, So play Shovel Knight Dig, which is like a roguelite, um, I was going to say digging game. It, I enjoyed it a lot. It is At first, it was hard to play simply because you're playing a Shovel Knight, but it doesn't really play like a Shovel Knight game. It plays like a different type of game because it's a different type of game where instead of a side-scrolling platformer, the goal is to go dig down. It's to go down. You're still moving side to side at points, but a lot of the game is like purposefully fast paced where in Shovel Knight it's like very 
methodical and very planned out and very careful and it's like careful jumps and time jumps so you may be playing shovel knight a little bit slower where shovel knight dig is like if you take too long in an area this you know villain in some digging contraption will start chasing you straight down and if he hits you you die so it's like there's a constant fear of like all right i gotta keep moving um i'm trying to think of a good game to 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 like compare it to i don't have a lot of uh like gameplay time with things like mr driller so i don't know if mr driller is a good comparison to make um and i think the only other game even remotely similar that i can think of is dig dug and it's not really anything like dig dug um but i enjoyed it I, i i can i will flesh out more opinion on this at a later date when i have some more time to to think about it but i really enjoyed that i i'm excited for a different type of shovel knight game because at the bare minimum i think it's going to bring more people into shovel knight that may not like the hardcore platforming shovel knight games which is what shovel knight is and then the other game was shovel knight pocket dungeon which i really fucking loved um it is puzzle game with some more roguelike elements um where you are basically you are shovel knight there's enemies that come down there's blocks that come down treasure chests other things and you're moving around the puzzle board and you have a health bar enemies have a health bar when you like collide with an enemy or some other object on the puzzle space you do damage to it um but they also do damage back to you, so you have to manage like your attacks with you getting attacked. There's health that shows up. If uh, if you know enemies are touching each other, they you can destroy multiple enemies that are touching each other in one attack pattern that like combos together. Um, I got the hang of it very quickly, and I was like destroying it. And uh, Sandy, who was doing the demo with me, was like very impressed he was like you got the hang of this very quickly and you're like blowing through it and i was kind of like shuffling has great music and i was kind of like tapping my feet to the music and the end like the game kind of like moves a li- in a specific way where at first i was like oh this is a rhythm game too like i was moving to the beat of the music which it was not i found out was not a rhythm game because i was like wait i need to know like i paused the game i was like is everything gonna move if i don't move is this a rhythm game because I'm moving to the rhythm. He goes, no, I noticed you're moving to the rhythm. It's not a rhythm game. You can choose to move or not move. The enemies will still move if you're not moving. And I was like, but I, he's like, I was like, he's like, maybe you should keep doing that because you're like killing it while you're doing that. And when I stopped doing that, I like fucking fucked everything up. But then I went back to just like moving to the fucking beat. And I was like, I'm fucking killing this right now. Uh, so that's like a game that when they first announced it, I was like, yeah, it's cool. It's Shovel Knight. I'll play it. It's Shovel Knight. But it didn't seem like it would be a big, big deal for me. But it's gonna like low-key be a fucking game that i love uh, so i'm very very excited about that and then the last thing that i'll bring up uh, i guess game wise from pax east that was a big deal for us was fall guys i mean it won our best in show uh award which you know take that for what it is but that game was phenomenal i would say that it was you know a, a like an elevator pitch way to describe it, it, it it's Mario Party meets Battle Royale, mm-hmm. where little mini game rooms or mini game type things, uh, you're playing against 100 people. First round goes through, you know, X amount of people get knocked out, and as you go on through the rooms, 
X amount more people get knocked out. I can totally see this being a really, really big, like, streamed game. Um, and I can honestly just see it being a really fun game with with long legs, uh, especially if they keep adding adding content to it over time. Um, I'm, like, really excited about that game. When they first announced that game, I think it was during, like, a PlayStation Direct or State of Play, whatever the fuck it's called. And I was like, man, whatever. But seeing it and then playing it, complete game changer. Like, played it at least, I think, three times at PAX. Um, absolutely adore that game. I'm in love with it. It's it's really good. I can't wait for that to come out. There's a beta coming up. I'm going to see if we can, I can get us into it. Um, final thoughts, Mike? PAX East 2020? We didn't. We didn't. We didn't get sick as you're coughing. Ugh, I don't feel so good. Yeah, I want. I want you to dust away right now. Yeah, final that's thoughts. It. That's it. That's it. That was your final thought. Final dust, thought. Dusting away. Um, cool. Well, I'm sure we'll bring up packs again next week because I feel like there's plenty more I can talk about, but we're running out of time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Pass Control Podcast, episode one. 87. As always, you can find all of our content at PassTheController.io, on Twitter and on Instagram at PassController, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash PassController. If you're a friend of the show, if you're a fan of the show, if you want to help support the show, the easiest way to do that and the freest way to do that is to leave us a review on iTunes. Please, 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 even if you don't listen to us on Apple, leave us a review on there. It's very helpful. It's very beneficial. Um, And share the show. Let a friend know. Share us on social media. All that stuff helps us greatly, helps bring us to new ears, new audiences, and we really appreciate that. If you do have a few bucks kicking around and you want to help support the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash passthecontroller and becoming a patron or going to passthecontroller.threadless.com and getting yourself some dope swag. Um, yeah. You can follow us on social media at passcontroller, and you can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash passcontroller. Watch us record the episodes live. Watch us hang out, play some games, and have a good time. As always, you can find me at Groom, and you can find this guy at underscore mycopath. And stay tuned to our social media and to our website because I'll be dropping more post-packs previews for the rest of the next few days. Hopefully, I'll get it all done in the next few days. That would be ideal. So keep an eye out for that. You can check out my She Dreams Elsewhere preview already, and you can check out my uh, Fuser preview already. Those are up and available for you to read and share and show me all that good love. I also just dropped our review of Skullgirl's second encore for the Switch, so you can find that on our website, and I will be in the coming, you know, few days finishing up my playthrough of Bloodroots and getting the review of Bloodroots up there on the website as well. I need to get all this stuff done before Animal Crossing, because that's all I care about. We didn't even talk about the Animal Crossing booth, Mike. We didn't even talk about the Animal Crossing booth. It was so fucking good. Anyways... Thanks to everyone who came out and supported us at PAX. Thanks to everyone who came to both panels. And thanks to everyone who took the time to say hello, kick it with us, and have a good time at PAX East 2020. We're out.